Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. The Master's Voice is on multiple platforms, audio and visual. You can find visual prophecies on Rumble, BitChute and Brighteon. And there are multiple audio platforms like SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I highly recommend if you're new and if you're looking to be caught up, mostly because I've said that I will not be able to go in depth into old prophecies. There are over 450 prophecies that have been made so far with more of them written down than made into video. And so you might understand that there's quite a large body of work that I'm working to complete. And so if you're looking to get caught up, which is very good for your own understanding, to know where I am, to know that sometimes if you watch a new video and you hear something and you think, oh, it's a new, it's a new topic that she's talking about, it's not. Prophecies on the master's voice usually have between five and six witnesses. The Bible says, let everything be established by two to three witnesses. Almost every single prophecy has a minimum of five prophecies. So if I'm talking about something and you hear it in a video, chances are, if you look on the playlist or you look on the blog itself, you will find that that particular theme goes all the way back. So I'm going to skip announcements today because there is a prophecy that I have alluded to many, many, many times. It is a prophecy that is a mixed bag of different topics. And this prophecy actually showcases the glory of God. It showcases the grandeur of God. Remember that these prophetic messages are the Lord revealing his truth, revealing his revelations to a human being, myself, so that these revelations can be proclaimed in the earth, prophesied in the earth. However, God is glorified when revelations of things that are not known to us come out. So God is not in the business of allowing CNN and allowing the New York Times to tell humanity what is true. God is not in the business of allowing whatever news media you have in your country, wherever you're living, to be the one that breaks the news to you. God is going to establish his supremacy by going ahead, by going in front. God is going to be the one, Yah is going to be the one who reveals truth. And then after it is revealed, Yes, then the news articles, and yes, then the TV, then the social media can pick up within a certain lag time, maybe a year, maybe two years, maybe even five years. Eventually, every word that he has revealed will be seen. But God goes first. God leads the way. God speaks the truth. And so this prophecy, it glorifies God in how diverse the subject matter is. If anyone has listened to... The recent video, I think I posted it just 24 hours ago, and it's called, You Do Not Have Time Left. It's called, You Do Not Have Time Left. Open the scrolls. That prophecy is a live prayer call. And on it, you get to hear for yourself what the spirit of prophecy sounds like. You get to hear for yourself what Jesus Christ sounds like when prophecy is being brought forth live. So it's not all these theatrics that we've been shown here in the American church where there has to be organ music playing and the person has to be doing a lot of theatrical breathing and just saying, oh, I feel it. I feel it. There's nothing like that. The prophecy of the Lord comes strong. The prophecy of the Lord comes hard. The prophecy of the Lord comes fast. 
And the one telling thing about it is how many topics it can cover at once. So God is revealing his glory here, but I can tell you, and this is the only warning that I'm giving, parts of this prophecy will amaze even your small children. And parts of these prophecy are going to have the men with the strongest stomachs wishing that they had stopped at a certain point. I am not obligated to give trigger warnings here. There are no trigger warnings in the Bible. The Bible will tell you, sow your seed and you shall live many days in the land of this and that. And in the next page, it will tell you, and all the people of Moab came and slaughtered a great slaughter in Israel that day. And there was mourning and weeping for all. That is how the Bible is. It is real life. And there are no safe spaces in real life. There's no guardrails. Real life is real life. And it is time that the church of Jesus Christ understood so the toughest man who listens to this prophecy, in the beginning, I understand that many people will say we never knew this, but towards the end, many people will say we could have lived without knowing this. The latter part of this prophecy is not for young people in any way, shape, or form. It is not for young people. It is definitely not for children. And that is all I am going to say. I bring this message forth without apology. And we go into the title of the prophecy. This message was given to me on the September the 4th. Yes, September the 4th at 12.51 p.m. And it took me several hours to write. And the reason it took several hours to write is because from sleep, I was sleeping and then I woke up and the Lord began to tell me things, things that were covering quite a, a wide gamut of prophecy. The Lord was speaking personal things. He was speaking about my family. He was speaking about the future. And he was speaking about things that we will, that have been covered in one prophecy here. That prophecy is called the rainbow and men. It might be about three months old, three or four months old, covering the fallen angels, how God says they are locked class how God says that it is very easy for angels to come and live among us as men. They walk among us as men because it is very easy for an angel to present himself in man's flesh. Fallen angels can come and they can look like man, just like angels in the Bible came and they looked like man. Angel Gabriel did not appear to Mary in his glorified form or Mary would have fallen down just like Daniel fell down when the angel that came to him came with glory. And Daniel said that he became as a dead man and he fell on his face. And it was the angel that had to pick Daniel up and revive him so that he was able to come back um, in animated form, which is basically us in our right mind, you know, in possession of our senses, able to move around like that. So if you look at the prophecy that is called the rainbow and men, several aspects of this prophecy is there. But... After talking about the fallen angels, where that prophecy left off is where God was saying that man is no competition for the fallen angels. Man is no competition for the fallen angels because man is like a child that really doesn't know much about the world that is around him. And God says that man, despite the fact that he seems unaware of how limited he is in his understanding, how limited he is in his perceptions, and how angels, both good and evil, can live among us as human beings, and we will not even know it. God says that man is living in a dimension and a frequency of great darkness and deception that is compounded by his own sin, his own pride, and his essential wickedness. So God is taking us right back to Genesis chapter 6, where it says that God was grieved in his heart and he repented him that he had made man. 
because he looked at the entire wor world and he saw that the world had corrupted itself before him and that all the thoughts of man's heart were simply to do evil continually. So this is simply covetousness and murder, fornication, lies, jealousy, envy, greed, all the worst sides of us compounded by the fact that in those days, the fallen angels were alive and they were well, and they were living mixed in the society of human beings. And the Nephilim were being bred. Angels were laying with women and bringing forth strange flesh, cursed seed. So God was saying that us living in this time and in this dimension is a time of great darkness and deception. So the world has been put into deception because the fallen, once they came into the earth, once they made that advent, once they came down to live with us, they've never left. They've never left. This whole thing of we will come to you from our world, they've never left. They are in the dimensions. They are in the dimensions. They are separated from us, not by any immense distance. They are separated from us simply by a kind of spiritual realm, spiritual division, so to speak, whereby they have the power to open that dimension and come through to us and then to also meld back into their dimension. For instance, this is why people will say, we saw the UFO. It was flying at a normal airplane's pace, whereby a normal airplane, air, airplane's pace it's simply a pace that the human eye can track. You and I can look up and say, there's an airplane and we can track it. None of us have ever seen an airplane fly, 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 and suddenly quantum jump, as we call it. We've never seen an airplane fly, 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 and then suddenly disappear. This is what these creatures can do. They can move about in our dimension, meaning that they're moving at our pace according to our time and space laws. And then when they're ready, they can simply kick it up a notch, and then move into their dimension that we are not equipped for. But the lie is that they have power to take us, for instance, outside of this realm, outside of this world. And these are the promises that they will make. When they finally manifest themselves, one of the things that they'll be telling people is that they're very interested not only to share technology with us, not only to share culture with us, meaning that they want to give us what they have, but then they will pretend that they also want to care, learn more about gardening. They will pretend to care about the things that we care about, green earth and carbon emissions and things like that. And they will definitely make offers. Come and see our world. Our world is this, this amount of dimensions away, this, this amount of time away. And unwise people who are clearly being manufactured in a factory somewhere because there are millions of them increasing by the day, unwise people will agree and say, yes, they want to go. And then they will get on those ships and they will simply end up at the alien McDonald's and be turned into food, those rolled up pulpy balls, because the aliens eat humanity as food and their ships the ships of the aliens also eat. The ship is alive. Their ships are living things. Their ships are entities in themselves. I don't know if the ship itself is an alien or it's simply a form of alien technology that is powered by fuel. And some of that fuel is biofuel. And biofuel, if you break it down, it's just people. It's just us. And so God says that we're children 
in knowledge and understanding as compared to these beings, the fallen. And as infants, we are living in a time of darkness and deception that is made worse by the fact that we are sinful. That is made worse by the fact that we are prideful. And that is made worse by the fact that we are essentially wicked. This is why we need a savior. None of these things I speak of can ever be, ever be distanced from the Lordship of Jesus Christ. None of these things are standalone topics. And this is what Gaia and the History Channel can never give you. They don't care about Jesus. Those guys are soft teasing aliens to people so that they can get people excited about something outside of the ordinary mac and cheese existence. They're soft peddling alien technology and are we alone? Because they really want people to get invested in this stuff so that people can care about it and people can look forward to it. And then when it comes, people can unwisely want to interact with it. But the child of God is interested in a whole different stack of information. The true child of God wants to know what is acceptable to God, what pleases God, what is unacceptable to God, what displeases and even angers God. The child of God is seeking to learn how to increase discernment. The child of God wants to be very wise as a serpent, but also gentle as a dove. The child of God wants to be innocent towards evil, but at the same time, the child of God does not want to be ignorant of the devil's devices. So there's this balance that the child of God is seeking. We're not seeking to know this information to show off with it on social media. We're not seeking to know this information so we could say, oh, you know, do you know what I know? This kind of stuff makes people very uncomfortable. I myself who have received this information, I'm aware of that. This is not the kind of conversation that I lead with when I interact with people. That's because I don't need the entire world to know what I know. Ironic, considering that I'm sitting here. However, what I mean is God is giving us this information for a specific purpose. It's not for advertising it is for warning. It is in fact for the chastisement of our own souls. It is so that we do not end up as alien fodder. It is so we do not end up as children before these beings, but we are wise to them. We know how to rebuke them. We know how to stay away when they're having the large alien fairs, the soirees, the brotherhood gatherings that I've already prophesied. The prophecy for that is called modded. This United States will be having brotherhood interaction events where normal people will be invited and famous people will be invited and they will all be getting together and saying that the aliens are one with us. They will be showcasing their intensely weird talents and a lot of people will be there. Minus a lot of people who won't, praise the Lord. And so God says um, that man can't keep safe because man doesn't listen. Let's pick it up from that prophecy. This prophecy you're listening to is called The Captains of Enterprise. I received this September the 4th, 2022. It is quite a long word. It is very intense, and I'm going to cover all of it and hold absolutely nothing back. This prophecy also has reference to the Aurora Borealis, and God says that we should be very aware that this thing that I've been prophesying for about two, three years now about how the Aurora Borealis will be one of the signs that is showing you the time that we are going into. And the time that we are going into is the return of the Nephilim, the return of the fallen ones, the coming into this world of fallen angels, the coming into this world of alien beings, the coming into this world of entities and spirits. 
the aurora borealis is going to be kind of a time clock and i've been prophesying that for a long time and now you can see that the aurora borealis is the star of the show as i prophesied i said that god revealed to me that the aurora borealis would be coming in places of the world that it's never been seen before it will start to come out of its time and place and that people should not be fooled by that. People should not be thinking that, oh, wow, we're so blessed. The Aurora Borealis is showing so close to home that we don't have to save money and go to Alaska. We don't have to save money and go to wherever other countries, you know, the Iceland and places like that. We don't have to save money and go to Newfoundland to see it. Now we can see the Aurora Borealis in Maine. No, when heavenly signs are out of their time and season, that is the time for the wise to buckle down in prayer. That is the time for the wise to say, Lord, let not these beings come around my area, my town, my farm, my cornfield, my apartment building, my house that I just bought in the suburbs. That is the time not to lust after the signs and wonders, but to know that when the Bible says there shall be signs in the heavens, what is a sign? It is a portent. It is a signal it is actually a form of communication and woe unto those people around the world, Africa, South America, Southeast Asia, other parts of Asia, Australia, woe to you who cannot read the signs. How dangerous for danger to be there. And then you are not aware because you cannot read the signs. So God says that the fallen angels are the one who will be giving off this false aura in the heavens and mimicking strange shapes and strange lights and calling something that he called the Aurora Borealis in persona, which means that their personal bodies, their own personal selves, their fallenness, they can blaze forth all the colors of the rainbow, which were meant to glorify me and my abilities in creating them. So God is saying that he created these angels. And when he started out, because God is holiness and perfection, he didn't start out creating them fallen. Their original designation wasn't fallen angels. Their original designation was angels. They were created to be servants of the most high. They were created to wait on the Lord. They were created in so many different shapes and sizes and classes. You can see the different types of angels, for instance, in Ezekiel chapter one, those angels that are being discussed are cherubs, cherubim, and they're definitely not the fat little baby with the cute wings that the Catholic church knowingly has misled people. They are terrifying four faced angels. One of the faces like an ox, one of the faces like a man, one of the faces like a lion. And I think the fourth one, like an eagle, something like that. None of us has seen a four-faced anything. There are no four-faced anything. In fact, if a chicken is even born with two heads, it's either the village is worshiping the chicken or that chicken is going to be put to death in record time because everybody will be scared of it and rightfully so. We know how to recognize aberrations in society, but God, just to showcase his grandeur, has created even angels that are dragons. That's who the seraph are. Seraphim are dragons massive, massive dragons. That is Satan's class, the covering class of angels. And God was saying in this prophecy that angels are a locked class, that nobody can make them but him. This is why I always stress to people and tell you not everything is a demon. And when I use the term fallen, it is simply their posture. They have fallen from holiness. They have fallen from grace. 
They have fallen from a righteous posture that can ever, ever obey the Lord. And this is why you should stop worrying about them and asking me if they know who they are. If you know who you are, if you're two year old, when you call his name and he answers to his name, that is a sign that the baby knows who he is. So how can grown Nephilim and grown fallen angels and grown clones not know who they are? It's not possible. Evil knows itself. The one in danger is non-evil who doesn't know and recognize evil. And so we should be aware of the Aurora Borealis in persona. This is, this is not the normal this is not the normal Aurora. The normal Aurora will take place in the locations it's always taken place in. So you see the Aurora where it's supposed to be. That's an Aurora. You're watching the Aurora in Iowa. That's not real Aurora. They might be telling you, oh no, it's shifting of the earth's magnetic field. It is these creatures playing up there. And a lot of the Auroras that you're seeing now, they take strange shapes. They're forming, the, they're forming the shape of phoenixes in the sky. Have you ever seen the Northern Lights in Norway forming phoenix shapes? The thing just glows up and it makes radiation. But now these new ones are playing. They're creating shapes in the sky. And God says that the fallen are able to give up all the rainbow colors off of their bodies. And they simply get together they can form the aurora borealis around themselves, whether by one or by many. They can change the color of the sky at night to reflect the northern, northern lights, and they make men marvel and be in awe. None of that is my work. This is the Heavenly Father speaking. None of that is my presence. That is the work of the fallen to entice man and to make man fall into their trap and lies. So... Be aware of deception in these end times. Be aware of being convinced to go out to viewing parties and, oh, it's going to be in our town tonight and this was happening. Just be aware that the times are not what we think they are. Be aware that life can be lost very rapidly when you are deceived and then you are living in a deception in a time of darkness compounded by sin, pride, and essential human wickedness. And so here God is now saying, he says, man does not know me and man does not wish to keep my law. Please understand the law God is talking about is the word of God. So all people who say that the Bible is false, this was removed, this was added and three pages got lost at the Vatican, be very careful because this word that you do not understand has multiple functions. Yes, it's given to us for edification. It is given to us for reproof. It is given to us to um, build us up. It is given to us for instruction. This world also, this word of God also has a very powerful function. And that powerful function is the word of God functions as a belt. That is correct. I'm going to talk about the shape of the earth in this prophecy. The word of God functions as a belt. It functions as a girdle. It functions as a boundary. It functions as a wall. I'm not talking about a spiritual wall. Yes, the word of God functions as a spiritual wall. When God says, thou shall not 
fornicate. Let every man have his own wife. What that is forming is a boundary. Yes, it is forming a wall. We are not supposed to engage in premarital sex. We are not supposed to engage in adulterous behavior, masturbation, pedophilia, bestiality, none of it. That is a wall. It is a boundary, but the word of God is a firm, literal outer boundary. And those who pass out of it become dead. They become physically dead. Though they live, they are dead. So these things, I'm not going to tell you they are spiritually discerned. No, you can understand them plain and simple. Even a teenager of 12 or 13, um, a 13-year-old can understand what I'm saying. If that person simply listens, I'm not even asking you to practice tantrum, um, tantric medica- meditation or anything like that. I'm simply asking you to listen. If you listen, the Holy Spirit will minister this information to you and you will have greater understanding of the world you live in. It is time not to live in deception. Deception creates holes in your mind and demons and devils can play upon those holes. So man does not know me and man does not wish to keep my law. My law has boundaries, dear one. My law has limits. And when you go beyond that limit, the things that drag men to hell are waiting for all who despise the law and will carry them to eternal death and perdition. My law literally is the outer wall My law literally is the outer boundary, the outer limits of human habitation. So if you take a brief read through Romans chapter one, you will see that the apostle Paul is saying how everything that can be known of God has been made known to us in what? Did he say in long Bible studies or in going to seminary? Did he even say by excellence of knowing the word of God? No, he says that the creation is how we first come to understand that there is a God. And the reason Paul says this is because there are many people to whom the written gospel or even the spoken gospel has not yet come. But still, he says that the creation itself is a means by which all men in their hearts will have an innate understanding that there is a higher power, a designer. The problem that has crept into civilization after civilization since the first until now is people assigning the beauty, the power, and the intentionality of creation to anyone and anything else but God. So the scholars of today are busy as they can, scribbling as many articles as fast as they can and uploading it to the gullible internet, telling people that they've found yet another scroll that suggests that we are not made by God. We are not the result of careful intentional design by God. We are the result of careful and intentional design by the Anunnaki, by the ancient Sumerians. So slowly they are beginning to accept that their evolutionary theory that they were willing to die for a few decades ago was not quite right. Now they agree that we are made and created beings, but it was not the heavenly father, Yah, that created us. Now it was creatures. God says that his word is a wall 
the law of God, the word of God that people keep saying, the Bible is a lie, the Bible is not true, the Bible is made up, there was no Jesus. Be very careful what you use your mouth to say. I always say, you will pay the bills. You will pay the costs of what you have spoken when you stand before the Lord at the end of your life. God says that anybody who despises his law and goes beyond it, this outer wall, it will carry them into eternal death and perdition. So Romans 1 is saying that God can be known even without reading this. But it says in Romans 1 that because they refuse to retain God in their knowledge. Now, how are you going to hold actual physical God in your mind? You're not. It's saying that because they refuse to hallow the knowledge of God, the innate knowledge that comes from looking around your environment and seeing someone made all this, it didn't just happen. And then on top of that, we have the word of God. We have his declared testimony of who he is and how he has dealt with many different peoples. It was not only Israel that God dealt with in the Bible. He dealt with the Egyptians, the Moabites. He dealt with so many other people. The Bible is a history book, among other things. It shows the relation of God with man over a very extended period of time. So for people who probably can't even write a grocery list together without making spelling mistakes, for those people to dismissively say that this comprehensive body of work is not real, is not true, that is dangerous, and that is because of ignorance married to pride in today's generation. But God says that his law is the rim that bounds the world. And if you cross out of it, you will indeed perish. If you cross that wall, that boundary, that limitation, you become fair game for the captains of enterprise. What is enterprise? Enterprise is endeavor. Enterprise is a game. Enterprise is effort. Enterprise means to try something. Enterprise is work that you do for profit. It's an undertaking such as starting a business in an attempt to gain material wealth. When we open a business, we call it an enterprise. When we set out to seek business partners to make our idea come to life, we call that an enterprise. In the old days, when you would go to a new city and you would try to set up a trading location, people would come by and look at you setting up your new store and hanging out all your goods, and they would leave a blessing. They would say, may your enterprise prosper. If you were a young man in those days and you told your parents, mother, father, I want more than this life. I'm going off to make my fortune. Your parents and the village would bless you. They would say, farewell. So long, Godspeed, and may all your enterprise be successful. The Lord says in the same way, the fallen have come to earth to traffic in enterprise. They have come to interact, trade, and do business on this earth. But the business that they are in is the total destruction of humanity. They are here to make sure that every living, breathing thing is turned into a corpse in due season. They have come to poison the fertility of the human womb. They have come to kill off great numbers of God's creatures. And they have come to make sure that the numbers of man, especially 
dwindles down to nil before the coming of the Lord. I've spoken to people many times, not on my own behalf, but of the Lord's behalf. And I've said to you many times that Satan is... The reason that the beast, for instance, is a single player only is because Satan is a single player only. Satan plays to win. Satan takes no prisoners. When you see the devil causing, for instance, wars in countries, and you're watching thousands and thousands and thousands of children dying, when these wars break out in hotspots as they've been doing generation after generation, and we all see the images on TV, and we see that death does not spare two-year-old babies and that death does not spare newborns, this should tell you that the spirit that is the overlord over that death is merciless. Satan takes no prisoners. It says of the devil that he came to steal, kill, and destroy. The only safest of those three is steal. The other two are equally deadly and end in the total annihilation and destruction of life. Kill and destroy means that you are dealing with an intelligence that will never understand the term enough, enough. If you don't believe that of, of the devil, go and read Job's story again. Satan would have kept going. And that is why God had to set a limit and say, in all this experimenting, you're experimenting with my servant. Do not take his life. If God had not set that boundary, Satan would have done all he did to Job and then killed him. You destroy a man until he's suffering in his own skin. And then you strike him and kill him. That's how the devil operates. If not for God, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, let men and let Israel now say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, God is the only failsafe between us and the intelligences that want to rule and control this world. And I'm not speaking of elites. I'm speaking of the things that the elites themselves, when those things walk into the meeting, those wicked people become paralyzed because they, they know that they are in the presence of true wickedness, true evil. So God says that the captains of enterprise have come into this realm to also trade. The fallen ones led by Satan himself have come into our world, our, our place, because they've also come for enterprise. They've also come to do business. But the business results that they are looking for and the profits that they seek to gain is that human beings should dwindle down to nil. Basically, they want Jesus to come back and find nothing. Nobody breathing, nobody alive, nobody left. People annihilated through wars, people annihilated through the GMO engineered famines that I said that are coming, people annihilated because of pressing nuclear buttons all over the place, people annihilated by last day slavery, people annihilated simply by their own foolish choices, wherein the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. If any man despises my teaching, if any man hates my truth, if any man throws away my laws and follows the errant ways of his own thinking, he will pass beyond the outer limits of my patience and my merciful love, and there he will find the fallen waiting. The captains of enterprise will be waiting to dispose of him as efficiently as you would take out the trash. So you come to all these prophecies and you don't listen and you still want to be out there having hot girl summer and then you come up with hot man Nephilim 
and you go off to do what men and women do, he will simply wait for a vulnerable moment and slash you. And you don't even have to worry about the crime scene because he will most likely eat you. And this is not speculation. This is concerning the shape of the earth. Please listen. I have always said that I'm not going to argue with anyone about this simply because this information is actually precious. This information is from the Father and it is precious for us and it is necessary for us to understand the cosmology of where we live. The fallen earth, that is, this earth that has been broken up by sin, broken up by the deceptions of man, and broken up by the ethereal wicked. Ethereal means not of this earth, sort of otherly. So the ethereal wicked is the fallen angels who are the primary spirits operating in the earth today, breaking it up to pieces by encouraging sin and by making constant evil suggestions that they project into the earth, which then rule the heart and the mind of man. If you want to know how the fallen operate, simply look at how ideas enter a certain space. Look at how we came from the fact that nobody would even think of abortion. It was so taboo because when righteousness is high in a society, then doing things that are sinful and taboo are very hard to do. So what the fallen angels will do is they will work by craft and they will work through human policies to change the times and laws. And they will begin to suggest that perhaps abortion is wrong, but if a woman's body is in distress, then surely she can be exempted from the abortion backlash. And then they will begin to suggest that, why do men have a say? Because men don't have a womb, so why should men have a voice in what women do with their wombs? And then that will go and join the exception, the first exception. So now we will have a second exception. The first exception is, well, what if her life is in danger? And then the second exception is, why are the loudest voices men? And why shouldn't women decide this issue? And then the third exception will come and say, but restriction and freedom. Now that we've established men shouldn't talk about female wombs, this is my womb. Why should anyone, male or female, tell me what to do with it? And so by degrees, established wisdom based on God's righteousness is broken down. And this is how the fallen get into men's hearts until men begin to believe that the evil they're doing is their own idea. But this evil, this evil has trickled down from ancient intelligences that understand us and know how easy it is to play on the pride of our hearts. And pretty soon we will be neck deep in sin, eyeball deep in sin. And then the fallen simply have to stand back and wait for the outcome they know is coming because they were the first people who suffered that outcome. The fallen ones, Satan master craftsman knows that all he needs to do is just push the little snowball of sin and let it get going down the hill. He knows what's coming next. A thunderbolt blasting judgment from God. God taking eight people, putting them on a boat and drowning everyone else and saying, that's it. Just like a parent who's driving and saying, don't make me come back there. And then finally, Jesus came back there and then utter silence, all the dead bodies floating in the water, eight traumatized PTSD people on a boat and all the animals having no idea why there's no more forest anymore. Satan knows what follows unbridled sin. 
This is why he greatly stirs up unbridled sin. He knows that judgment must follow because Satan used to work for God. Satan knows the nature of the master better than the master's children. And so, excuse me, please. The fallen earth is the flat earth. It is the earth that lies flat as a table mat instead of round as a ball. This model is my model. And I look at it from above as a man looks at a map that's laid flat on a table. So if you will notice, excuse me, please. If you will notice the United Nations map, um, the United Nations map is not a round map. The map that the United Nations has been relying on as their symbol and emblem for however long before you ever saw me is a flat map. All the continents, all the water, if you look at it, it looks strange. It looks squashed down. It looks exactly as if you took a globe and you peeled off the paper that was around the globe with all the continents and shapes and things like that, and you spread it out flat. It would be a little bit asymmetrical. That is what they use for their emblem, as in they've used it forever. God now says that the model that is his model is flat and looks just like a map that has been spread out on a table. The map is flat, but the shape of it is round. Yet he says the shape is a disc and not a ball. A disc is something that is round only when you look at it from above, like a plate or a pizza. None of us can say that pizzas are square. They are traditionally round, but pizzas are not balls. They are round when looked at from above. The Lord says that the shape of his world that he has made is round, but it is a disc. It is not a ball. He says, look up, Google the definition of a disc. It is a flat, thin, round object. Think of a ball that has been mashed flat. So think of perhaps a basketball um, or think of a tennis ball and you puncture it and all the air begins to seep out and then you help that thing by pressing your foot down on it until the round shape is gone. When you look at it from above, it will still be round, but it will be pressed flat. Think of a ball mashed flat, looked at from above. Think of a pancake. He's saying to me, I'm writing all this down. This prophecy took hours to write down. He says, think of a pancake. What is its shape? Is it standing up and round? Or is it mashed flat and round? So is my world that I have made. It is a disc and not a ball. It is mashed flat, looked at from above. And if you, there is scripture for that. The Lord says that he seated above with the world at his feet. And this is just a beautiful picture of the heavenly father sitting at his throne and looking at his creation all the time, mashed down flat. And from his perspective, he sees its roundness at all times. My word is the rim of the world. It is its boundary and its outer habitation. The word made flesh is Jesus Christ. The word is also a physical manifestation of an ice wall 
that rims the world around like a border. So the word of God is Christ Jesus. We know that in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. We know that. But at the same time, the Lord is saying that his word is a physical wall, a physical ice wall that rims the entire world around like a border. It is a border and there is no crossing this border without destruction. You cannot cross it and live, which means that nobody went to space to do nothing, especially not on that tin can that people have been celebrating for decades. Nobody gets outside of this rim, this wall, this curvature. Nobody goes outside it to do anything. So no rockets go anywhere. It's all just fun and games up there to woo the masses and create a narrative that isn't based on anything. You cannot cross the border without destruction. You cannot cross it and live. When you cross it, you pass out of my limitations for man and you perish. Just as breaking the laws of God, the wages of that, the wages of sin for that is death. Passing by this wall or this rim is impossible for man. You cannot break this rim, which extends all the way up into the sky as a dome. It goes from edge to edge as a teacup turned upside down on its saucer. You cannot break the rim. You cannot break the dome. You can only pass beyond it into the outer dimensions. And when you do, you will surely die. Simple English is you get on any ship. You get on any ship that is leaving this dimension that we live in, where the world is flat and round and has a rim, just like a flat round thing. And then it has, what did he say? He said it has a teacup turned upside down on its saucer. It is covered, so it's round, and the rim simply means the edge. The word of God is the edge. Thou shalt not mate except kind with kind. So no humans with donkeys, because we are surely going there in this prophecy. Nobody with their dog. Nobody with children. What are these that I'm doing as I'm moving my hand around and around in, the, in, the, in a circle? I'm establishing the rim. I'm establishing in your hearing the laws. The rim is better known in the scripture as thou shalt not. That is the edge. And the Bible tells us all over that once you transgress these scriptures, what is it said that you are? It said you're dead in your trespass. You're dead in your sin. So everything that the Lord is saying here that I'm reading for you is absolutely 100% biblical. If you cross the law, if you cross the rim, though you live, you are dead. Though you live, you shall perish because the wages of sin, what is sin? Crossing outside of the boundary, the wages of sin is death. And the Lord is saying that that word not only rims the earth itself around, but it also extends up from one edge 
People who are listening by audio, you might need to come to this prophecy and watch it visually. It also extends from the edges all the way up into the sky, forming a dome that is edge to edge around, all around. What is God saying here? The shape of the earth is actually an expression of great love. We are bounded about on all sides, rotationally and above by the word of God. We are sealed into this world by this word. And whoever tries to break their way out of it, whether physically or stepping outside of the written word boundary, the end of that is dead. So if you allow the fallen angels to entice you and tell you, let's just get in our little rocket ship and go off into the other dimensions, physically, materially, your body will perish the minute you get outside of not the dome, but into the other dimensions that exist under the dome. You will not be able to live there because this is the dimension prepared for you. But also, even if you never hear this prophecy and you're simply living the wild life, the reprobate life, the day is coming when your car is headed straight into a tree or a wall because the wages of sin is death. The payment for breaking all of the laws that bound us in righteousness is always death. So God has bounded us about with his word, his truth, his portion, his protection. And this is what Satan is trying to break, both physically and also constantly trying to entice people to sin so he can break it non-physically and put them into the judgment of hellfire. And so we hear, the soul that sins shall die, says the word of God. Therefore, any man that tries to bypass the border of this world, which is my word, he will surely be destroyed by the captains of enterprise who live beyond that border. Listen to Bible truth. The captains of enterprise, your Anunnaki, your ancient crow-headed, eagle-headed, jackal-headed Egyptian gods. What is God saying about them? They live outside the boundary. What boundary? First of all, it's the dimensional boundary, but what boundary? They live outside of my border. They live outside of my word. And this is what I'm constantly trying to get human beings to understand. Human beings, you have a limit. Most people have a limit. I can sin, but I really don't want to murder that child in a sacrifice just for a record deal. Most people have a choke limit. The fallen have no choke limit. They've literally passed outside the boundary of the word of God. That means out of all scripture, they care about none of it. Do you know how risky it is to share space with people who don't care about a single word that God says? We already have examples of that. Human traffickers don't care about those children that they have. Those babies are certainly weeping. Those children are terrified and shivering wherever they are. And the human trafficking, this is the adults who are with them. These are all the stewardesses. Ladies, you will be smoked and barbecued by the Lord Jesus Christ because of your wicked and satanic ways to look at these infants, to even look at the 16-year-olds that you are trafficking on all these government planes for these crusty and decrepit old men to sleep with on private islands. And you're on the plane and going, 
just, just, you know, just try not to be tense, honey. There is no space in the rest of the Lord for you. There is no rest for the wicked. God will hunt you out and give you your full due. And it is my job as a servant of the Lord to make it known. All of the people in the human trafficking network, these people have passed beyond the border of God's word. Jesus said, suffer the little children. He didn't say make the little children suffer, but there are adults in this world who don't care and they're sleeping with the little children at their Illuminati parties. They're getting down with the five-year-olds who are brought in for the entertainment. They definitely do not have peace with God. He will have no peace with them. And they're outside the border. They're outside of his word. And God is saying that the fallen are the highest epitome of this. They have passed beyond the law that I set for them. Do not interfere with the man. Do not go into him or he into you, for kind must only reproduce and mingle with kind. Check that out. So before God even said anything in the book of Genesis, that kind should only be with kind, who did he warn? not to come around us. What do parents say when they put the baby down to sleep? Don't make noise. You'll wake the baby. So the baby is the one being protected. The baby is the one being preserved. Nobody ever gives the the baby instructions at first. Instructions are given to the household, to the older children, to preserve and protect who? The baby. What did God say earlier in this prophecy? Man is like an infant before these beings. Who do you think God will warn? If God comes to us and is warning that kind should only mate with kind, we see that in the earlier parts of Genesis. Reproduce after your own kind. Who do you think he warned before? Not to come in front of us and start mingling with us. Do you see now why God rinsed the earth clean? He rinsed the earth clean because it was intolerable what they did. They came and they mingled themselves with us. They passed immortal seed. An angel cannot die. And if he takes on his man form, though he has a corporable form, he is a spirit. What they passed to those women, it bears no description. That is why the children they brought forth were grotesque. Early giants were heinous to look upon. And though they were born in normal baby shape, the sizes that they grew to, hundreds of feet, smashing everything up, impossible to feed, requiring 50 cows per person or something like that to feed them. Why do you think it says at the end of Genesis 5 that men were groaning and at that time they began to call upon the name of the Lord? Pastors will preach to you and tell you, oh no, this is the time that prayer began to enter the earth. That is not true at all because the book of Enoch will disprove that. Why would men only start to pray in Genesis 5 when Adam had been there and Eve had been there and Adam and Eve had spent fellowship with God? They've had children and there's a whole genealogy expressed. What makes you think that Adam came out of that garden without knowledge, that daily communication with God, which is what prayer is? Prayer was not new to them by the time they got to Genesis 5. Reading what is in Enoch will tell you that it was basically screams for help 
that were rising by the time we get to Genesis 5. Screams for help that Michael and the rest of them finally had to go to God and say, are you not aware, great, majestic, powerful God, of how the man is suffering down there? Because there's a group of us who defied what you said. Do not go into the man. You that read your Bible in the King James, you know what go into means. And David went into his wife and Abraham went into Sarah. It means sexual ingress, intimacy to become one with. God told them to never interfere with us. But a group of them did. And that is how we have the narrative that we have today. And God says that they're dead. They passed beyond the border of his explicit instructions, his law, his word. And they perished. Though they live, yet they are dead. They are dead in sin. They are dead in trespass. There remains no mercy for them, nor can they ever be recovered as sons of God. So to all the Nephilim fallen angel sympathizers, do you think that they'll ever repent celestial? Do you think that they'll ever come back? Why do you think? This is strange. Why do people always expect God to forgive everything? How is it that you know that you have a limit and there are certain things that you just cannot accept? You just cannot accept that the daycare teacher has a right to rape your baby, but you can assume that because God is a higher intelligence that he has no limitations. There's no cutoff point. It's just grace, grace, grace all day. Grace can accept everything. God won't even accept everything from you, from me as people. So why would he accept anything from people who knew better? He created them and they knew better and they defied what they knew. And you're down here in 2023 caring about, do they ever feel sorry? Yes, they felt sorry. In the book of Enoch, they cried like little children. They wept, they lifted up their voices and wept. That is the description of the kind of crying whereby you think you will die from the grief. They lifted up their voices and they wept and God didn't care. He refused them absolute and total access. He did not care. He said that he would never forgive them. So stop extending to the dead compassion that they don't deserve. You are not more merciful than God. And so, there is no mercy or reprieve ever for the fallen angels. And whoever commits or replicates their trespass to lie down with animals, to commit fornication with beasts, to mate outside of their kind, they too will be destroyed by the same judgment as the fallen have already received. So by this time you understand that God says that he will never forgive the fallen. Why? Because they laid down with animals. They replicated with animals. That's where the centaur came from. The fallen actually slept with horses and brought forth man on top, horse at the bottom. They mingled themselves not only with the seed of men, but with everything that was going with everything that was going. Just a moment, please. So they broke the law and God says that they died. The fallen are alive and well, they're moving around, but because God is at the end of all things, because God has already seen the lake of fire and he knows everybody who will be in there. He says, yet they live, but they are dead, dead in the sin of breaking God's law, dead in the sin of rebellion, and they can never be recovered as the sons of God. There will never be mercy for them. And God says that whoever replicates the sins of the fallen 
angels. So now you will see how the prophecy changes from speaking of the angels to speaking of the shape of the earth to speaking of the sin of the angels and then immediately into how human beings carry out this same sin. So perhaps it's not so surprising to see the progression of how the Holy Spirit moves. This is all one dictation. This is all one prophecy. You're listening to the prophecy, the captains of enterprise. God says that whoever repeats the same sin as the fallen to lay down with animals, to commit fornication with beasts, to mate outside of their kind, that person will be destroyed with the same judgment as the fallen have already received. To mate outside kind is an abomination. To mate outside kind is destruction. To mate outside your class is death. So says the mouth of the Lord. So nobody's talking about interracial anything here to all the racist, eugenicist mindset people. God is not speaking to color here. He's literally speaking to the class divides that exist between a pure blood human and a hybrid, a pure blood human and a clone, a pure blood human and a creature, a pure blood human and a Nephilim, a pure blood human and the fallen ones. In the prophecy that is called the rainbow and men, what I saw in that prophecy is that the fallen will indeed come down physically to earth. They advanced their rainbow agenda first, putting strong pressure on humanity to accept this agenda. And I saw that whoever would not accept the rainbow agenda, there was great rage coming out of the spiritual realm towards those who would not accept it. And you might understand if you have people like this in your family, this might be why they, why they literally tangibly cannot abide you. They will tell you every, every hateful thing. They will tell you that you're hateful, that you're a false Christian. It is a spirit speaking out of their mouths. And it's very essential to protect your soul in prayer and to know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not really your child talking to you. It's not really your husband of 13 years who has decided to suddenly become trans because his inner woman has to be let free in 2023. It's a spirit speaking to you. And if you are not skilled in dealing with that spirit, miserable you will be because the spiritual realm is higher and more powerful than the natural realm where we only need food and sleep and friends and appreciation and things like that. The spiritual realm is powerful. And if you don't know how to operate in the spirit, then yes, if you're in the house with a rainbow person, their mouth will utterly dominate you and intimidate you because the spirit in you is weaker than the spirit that is in them. Same with demonized people. Your spouse is demonized. Your 15 year old is demonized. He's hardly five foot one. Yet when he's speaking in the house, you're like, it's okay, Henry. I, I didn't. Why? Because the spirit that is inside Henry is 10 times stronger than the amount of Christ in you. Christ is in you, yes. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm just saying you are not carrying the kingdom with you bodily. And so when Henry starts talking, you've got too little kingdom to say some five words that will have Henry rethinking all his life choices. And that is just for free. So the next part of the prophecy is this. When I first woke up, before all this other teaching, right? When I first woke up, I was awakened by the word oud. Oud. I hope I'm saying it right. It's spelled O-U-D. I saw this word written behind my closed eyelid. So I hadn't yet opened my eyes. I hadn't yet fully awakened, but I was not in real sleep. 
I saw the word oud. And I'd been reading slightly before that, and I had seen the word before, oud. But I just thought it meant perfume. Oud. A perfume, I thought. Why am I seeing this word? And I was wondering what it meant. What is an oud? And then I rudely began to see graphic images of Arab men fornicating on a bed. No female present. Listen. Dubai people to the revelations of the Lord. I saw Arab men fornicating naked on a bed, extremely hairy, in a very richly decorated room. This was not cheap fornication. This was not motel fornication. A richly decorated room. No expense spared. The room looked like a lot of money had gone into decorating it. And I was so put off by seeing that, that I complained. I said, why, Lord? It is too early for this. And it's Sunday too. And the Lord responded and said, tell them that the Arabs are greatly gay in the closet. I've been speaking about this since 2022, by the way. I've been saying that I had a prophecy that reveals what true life in the Arab nations is like. I've been saying it. Most of them, you will find those references on maybe one or two of those prophecies in the series that is called the sodomy ritual, where God was revealing just how powerful and just how embedded homosexuality is, where God was warning that the amount of homosexuality in the earth is so great, but the majority of it is closeted, it is hidden. So these men are just perhaps 0.01% away from hopping into the gay life, or should I say 0.99% away. Just one more piece of percent will send them full scale on the other side. But in the Arab nations, there's this mindset and belief that in Islam, their sexuality is so sacrosanct and there's so many rules that govern sexuality. And because this is a culture that highly prizes and promotes marriage, having the right woman, having a home, giving birth to children, and also because of how strict their laws over there in that side of the world, people are given the impression that they don't even want you dressing a little bit provocatively when you travel there. You have to be careful, apparently, where you go. And here was God rudely ripping the veil and showing that the situation is something completely different. Tell them that Arabs are greatly gay and in the closet. They are lovers of men and seekers of male flesh. They love men, and they also love boy flesh. There is an entire sector of men in the Arab countries who are not allowed or expected to marry. In a culture that prizes marriage as the completion of a young man's total journey into manhood, I want you to tell them that there is an entire caste system, and the young males in this caste are not allowed or expected to marry. And why is this? Because these young men are growing up to be the wives of the Arab men. So despite how it looks, there's rampant homosexuality in the Middle East. These boys are groomed from very young to sleep with men. They are literally trained the same way you would train a young girl in a harem. The same way Queen Esther was prepared and taught everything about the king because she had to get her shot. It was a competition. Many women in the king's 
chamber of women and only one could be queen. And so all the young women were being taught how to dress, the right affectation, which smells and scents are the best, how to laugh in a way that men like, how to cast your eyes down to the floor and look virginal. They were all receiving instructions. Well, God says that there is a whole school. There's a whole cast of guys, young men, young males. I mean, starting from very young. Please understand the word for the very young is child, children. God says that they're not expected to marry in these Arab countries at all. They are groomed from young. How to sleep with men, how to approach men, how to only want men, and how to welcome male advances and male attention. They are not expected to marry women. They are expected to remain as boys on call. The Arab society is a gay one. They are hiding the huge desire for male-on-male sex by mingling it and covering it up with marriage and the desire for women. And that's what's exactly happening here in U.S. society. That is definitely it. So many of these men, I can now say with a greater grasp on my sanity than I had last year when I first discovered these things. So many of these men in the church are gay. You're standing there in Atlanta and the man is preaching to you with hair slides in his hair and you are still making excuses for it and saying, those are man braids. They're barrettes. The rappers are wearing barrettes and skirts and kissing each other on the lips and saying, it's all love. When did, and I'm not a rap aficionado, but I'm just asking for a friend. When did the rappers of old, the original rappers, kiss each other on the lips and wear pink dresses on the red carpet and say, it's all love? Those of you who are neck deep in that culture, are you aware that darkness has no fellowship with light? Are you aware that by listening to that music, by buying it, by participating in those concerts, your favorite rapper comes out in the first part of the set, he's perhaps wearing a fetching skirt. Usher just wore a skirt. The R&B icon just wore a skirt. It has to be spoken about because people need to be confronted. This is the, this is the massive gap that is taking place in the church of Jesus Christ. The pastors are telling you that they'll see you in the clouds and how much Jesus loves you and your children, depending on your age, are following people who are gradually being broken down by these things that I talked about last year. Humiliation rituals. You have to wear the dress. You have to wear the skirt. The Lord telling me all these things and saying, go and look. And I did go and look and I collected almost 100 images. And I spoke of it in the, in the prophecy that is called the sodomy ritual, the one where I'm wearing the dark green jacket. It would either be part three or part two. I spoke of it and I spoke of the things that the rappers have to do to get the record deal. They may get the first record deal, but it won't pay them a lot. But to get those 10 million deals, you have to give up your back door. You have to do it to get that main, main, main character movie. And those who don't want to play those games are quickly sidelined. They're locked out of the golden class. They can't rise. And those men, I guess, are content to make less money, but at least they keep their soul. 
By no means all of them participate in this. Wise people, you can't paint anything with a blanket brush. That is not wisdom. They all do it. How do you know? Has God told you this for a fact, that they all do it? Have you not heard me say in these prophecies that God even has compassions for the ones that have done it and now they are dying? The Chris Browns, God spoke of that man with compassion. The Cassies, God spoke of her with compassion. But guess who there was no compassion for? Beyonce Knowles and Jay-Z. Why is that? Because they revel in it. So you want to feel sorry for them and you want to come up with little graded steps where, no, she doesn't really mean it. He's controlling her and he's doing it. There's control. She's controlling you. You're the one that she has fooled. You're the one that she has deceived. Through the severe water witchcraft, witchcraft that Beyonce practices, it's your brains that are cooked. Her brains are on money and getting your money out of your pocket into her empire because you are a fool. You are a fool. For when a fool is warned to depart the water witchcraft, the sorcery and the seduction, and then the fool's answer is, but I want to swim, then you deserve every outcome that is coming to you. Remain tied to the evil because God has chosen an ax in this world and that ax is being laid to the root of the trees. These prophecies are not because I'm bored. I've always said, I'm singing a particular song and only certain ears can hear it. The ax is being put to the root of the trees. Before anyone leaves this world, your prophecy, if it is given to me by God, it will appear here. Before your funeral, you will hear how you go out bishops of the world, pastors in hair slides, before your sex tape breaks on, I think it's called X now, formerly Twitter, before the little teen children see you naked with three men there, it will be spoken here that you will fall among the class. An additional thing that the Lord has said about Beyonce Knowles, I'm going to add it here, is that she is not long for this world. And the Lord says it is because Satan is requiring higher and higher sacrifices of that woman to those who are interested, to her defenders. Beyonce is being worn down in a way that may not be evidently appear to those who watch her. But God says that the sacrifices that Satan is requiring out of her are becoming so taxing that it is as if the soul inside her is nearly dead. He's saying that they have to revive her with greater and greater rituals. So whatever they're doing down by the waterside or whatever they're sacrificing and cooking on the various altars, it's having to be ramped up. And that's because her mortal essence, her soul is being worn down. It's being eaten. She's like a person who can barely breathe when she comes off that stage of entertaining this world's clowns. She can barely breathe. She has to be taken back there for the, the little sprinkling and all the little things to get her to come back up. And what the Lord was saying to me is, my daughter, when you get to that place where you have exhausted the life force within you, 
when you are killing spirit by playing with it and making sacrifices to the devil, you are not long for this world. So these prophecies are always neatly presented. They're always accurate. So that later, those who want to share these messages on your platform, you can share my messages, but do not steal these messages. Make sure that you use all the proper tags and hashtags. I've spoken of these things very frequently. I do not take kindly to people coming into this carefully protected orchard and stealing what I am saying for likes and clicks and interest. If you take them, tag them, put the name of the blog there and put the name of the speaker there so that people can know where you heard the information. God gave a garden. I'm the gardener in here. Do not steal my messages on any platform and not give the appropriate credit because it does not belong to you. And that is all I will say about that. And we continue. We are back in the Middle East. The name of the prophecy you are listening to is called The Captains of Enterprise, September the 4th, 2022. We're talking about young men who are not expected to marry in the Middle East because they're being groomed to cater ex exclusively to men. So the Middle Eastern society, the Arab society does have a strong embedded and cultural theme of homosexuality that God says is doused by the fire of marriage and having many children. So an Arab man can desire a male and a female equally. He can desire his wife and in the same day desire a boy on call and later go and be with him also. There is no word for this in their society, celestial. So the Arab world does not use gay. The Arab world does not use, listen to the Lord's words, this is not bisexuality to them. To want your wife and to also want a boy. They do not call it being homosexual, being gay, or being bisexual. He says it is an accepted thing. It is a part of their culture. It is an old thing. It is a very old thing, and therefore it is not named. And the Western name or the Western word for sex that goes both ways has only been created in modern times. So this is older than two spirits, this practice is older than bisexuality, gay, on the down low, hiding, in the closet, bisexual. God says that these are modern terms and this thing has been happening for a very long time and it is known, it is accepted, and therefore it does not have a name. Arab society predates Western society. They're older than all the Western civilizations. They had settled themselves and they had made sense of the universe before Westerners ever had a clue of what they wanted to be or call themselves. Arab society is old and biblical. These are Ishmael's people. Please listen to that. Ishmael was there before the West even knew where it would settle and call itself West. Arab society is old and biblical, but among them crept this sin and they have maintained it to this day. Now hear the vision that I saw. I saw an ancient scroll 
and it had some kind of script on it which I couldn't possibly read. I saw an old man sitting by candlelight, and he was sitting in a tent. He wrote some words on the scroll, and then he rolled it up, and he took one of the candles that he was working with, and he dropped wax on it to create a seal, and then he set it among another a hill of scrolls that this same man was writing. So this man had written several scrolls before, and I saw him writing on this scroll. He sealed it with candle wax when he was done, and he put it there. And I was pondering, I wonder what that man wrote. And the Lord told me, that scroll says, you shall not sleep with a man or desire his flesh. You shall only give your daughters to one another. And in this way, I have blessed you. So here is a person that was writing down ancient rules and ancient laws, and God translated this particular scroll, and the scroll said that man is not made for man except as buddies and gym partners. Man is not created as a partner for man. This is an abomination. This is an aberration. This is a perversion, which means to go off center, to be twisted, to step away from, to pervert, to get off the established path. It is a breaking of God's established laws. And the man was writing, you shall give your daughters to one another, and this is how man is blessed. So God in the garden saw the loneliness of his son and said that it was not good for the man to be alone. He didn't bring him another man. He brought him a woman, and the man immediately responded, seeing the partner that had been created for him. But sometime later, I saw that same scroll opened by another man. So another man came up to that scroll and he opened it. He read what it said. And then I saw him scribbling a few notes at the bottom of the scroll. He rolled the scroll after he had added notes at the bottom of it. He resealed it and then he put it back. I didn't know what he wrote, but I sensed in my heart watching this vision that it was an addition to the law. So the first original scroll without any additions had said an absolute thing. You shall not sleep with a man, nor shall you desire his flesh. But now this second man, who was also someone in high authority, and he had to be because he had access to those scrolls, he had come and he had added something to that absolute law, and now the law became less absolute. It was something like a bit of a nod towards homosexuality. S not exactly strong as the first. So not saying kill them if they do this, not saying stamp it out absolutely if they do it. It was more of a softer approach whereby the second man was acknowledging, okay, something like this is among us now. It has crept in among us. Many of the brothers are doing this. And then his addition was saying something like, when a man shall do this, which means we now know that the men among us do do this. We now know that it's here. We don't know who brought it in. And we, you know what? We will not point fingers. When a man does do this, don't follow the original laws of how to deal with it. Such and such is what you shall do. That is what I saw. And the Lord continued speaking to me. And he said that Arab men also commit bestiality. They do homosexuality and it is known and that truth, being with animals and being with one another, is kept at the very basement levels of their society. 
And the Lord showed me that area of the Middle East on the map. And he said, this entire Arab peninsula knows about these things and they have never done anything to cut it out of their community. The exact word that the, the Lord used for this cutting action is the word excise. And this word excise is known and understood in America. Excise is the procedure that they follow when they find out that you have a cancer. Smart doctors don't play with cancer. They don't say things like, it doesn't look too dangerous. Let's observe it. When your doctor tells you that he actually wants to watch your cancer grow, nod and leave him because he is a fool, a perishing fool. Smart doctors know that a cancer is an abnormal growth and that the end of it is to corrupt, to disease, and to kill. And so they excise it. They do not only go after the cancerous lump itself. They will scoop all the potential flesh around it that might have even looked at the cancer, bumped into the cancer, touched it momentarily. They will cut out the entire offending mass. And they do that to save the whole person. So God says that the Arab Peninsula knows about these things and has never done a single thing to excise it, to brutally cut it out of their midst. He says they stamp out my word, but they have never put out this burning evil of laying with animals and laying with males from their midst. They will be judged for this. Whoever lies with a beast destroys his own temple and whoever destroys my temple, him I will destroy. So at the very end part of this extremely tiring and emotionally draining prophecy, the Lord now began to show me female laying with dogs. I've always told you here on the master's voice that everything I have seen, I will say. And to think that you live in a world where people only lay with people, you are very confused. In fact, I was forced to learn that in certain parts of Europe, this is not frowned upon at all. I don't know how a people, a nation, can accept it into their midst. I don't know what, how the hinges of the mind can break, that lawmakers will accept something into the society, people will accept it, and then the only limitations they will say is, as long as the animal didn't suffer. You are for hellfire. You are for hellfire. You that commit these acts, and you that sanction these acts, you are no different than them who commit it. You're so open-minded that your actual brains have fallen out and you have no idea what the book of Romans chapter one and verse 32 says, that those who commit these sins, the Lord says they are deserving of death and you too who know that they are evil and you sanction them and you condone them and you even defend it and you go to the lawmaking body to decide how much pain can a horse or dog be in before we have to take the animal away from their husband or their wife? Woe unto you, woe unto you. The destruction of the Lord is coming to you. You will be utterly wiped from the face of the earth. You that practice this, the Lord will raise up armies against you. I'm speaking to you by the spirit of the Lord. He says you will hear the bootsteps of the armies coming against you for your annihilation and your destruction. You that perform this wickedness before the sight of heaven, you that offend before my face, you have no honor for the Lord of hosts and you destroy the human body that I made. 
the armies, the Lord says the offending armies will wipe you out because you no longer wanted to be human, holy and pure, set apart man. You have lain down with animals and defiled yourself. You have utterly broken the system that I set up. And for this reason, I say unto you, you will not continue. You will not continue. Thus saith the Lord, I will destroy you. How dare you lie down with an animal as if it were a female or a male companion? How dare you? I used to think I would not have the heart to deliver this prophecy, but I see why the Lord has never given me rest from it for a year. He has given me no rest from this word because his rage is incandescent against you that do this, against you that go to the so-called dark web and watch it. Woe unto you, cursed are your eyes that gaze upon children being defiled in so-called child porn. You are no better than the beast themselves because a beast has no understanding. A dog cannot differentiate between its mother and its sister. It works by instinct, but you, man, you walk on two legs you are formed in the image and the likeness of God, and you do this. Woe unto you who practice this. In the time that judgments are falling, it will surely fall upon you too. At the end of this very emotionally draining prophecy, I saw women laying with dogs. Hear the word of the Lord. The females of all the earth, all nations, all skin tones have women who out there lay with dogs. They fornicate with dogs and they allow dogs, I say, to have access to their intimate places. I saw it and it is a practice beyond what you think because the animals operate on instinct and I will not elaborate because I am a child of God. I am a daughter in Zion, and I was not created to gaze upon these things. But for the sake of those who think that they are too good to go into the gutter, guess what? God will bring the gutter to you. Courtesy of the Master's Voice Prophecy blog, you will choke on the truth that lies beneath the skirts of Mystery Babylon, that lies beneath the skirts of the whole nation. You will choke and you will know that your diddy bop existence will be troubled by the fact that I will prophesy all the Lord's words to you. And then it will continue to be the breaking news on your screen day after day, month after month. The sheriffs will stand and they will barely be able to hold back their bile as they tell you about the entire pedophile ring they infiltrated. And when they thought they had saved all the children, then they will find the libraries and those grown men with families and children will not be able to describe for you what they will find on those tapes. But I'm going to tell you now, you know why? Jesus Christ will get the glory for breaking the story first. They film children. They film women. They make movies of it. It's a huge industry. And in this prophecy, God said that the reason it's such a huge industry, let me read. God told me, celestial animals are based on instinct. 
They are not man. They do not have a reasoning capacity, and everything they do is by the instinct that I placed in them. Their approach to sex is primal. It is raw. They have no concept of intimacy. A dog or a wolf cannot care for the partner. They don't have feelings to experience intimacy as we do. So God says that when they come into this sexual interaction, they are different from people. They are brutal. And God says, this is why the porn is so fascinating to people. Because it doesn't look like what people do. It is primal. And therefore it sells to those who are of a sick mentality. That's what they are attracted to. That's what they look for. Those who perform this act willingly, that means that not everybody has been captured and taken to the evil cave of caveness. The girlies are flying out to Bali and other hot spots to do this for plain old boring cash. Good old dependable dollars. Your children are sitting on the back of yachts and they're 21 years old. And you know a 21-year-old has not earned her way into that position. She barely has enough brain tissue formed to be able to do a good job at Starbucks. So she definitely hasn't earned herself into those power circles because she's skillful or witty. Her breasts and other sexual assets took her there. And she's not even go there, going there to be a normal prostitute. She's going there to be beauty with the beast and then come back here to America or fly back to Kenya or fly back to wherever. Indonesia, they're trafficking all over the world. Not everybody's being caught on a beach and carried unwillingly across the border. No, there's border trade where these young women are marching themselves across these borders to go and earn, earn money for this. And then they will come back into our midst, these harlots. And they'll be looking at ordinary boys as if they haven't done. You are the woman from Proverbs 8. The one that God says will participate in heinous crimes. And then wipe her mouth and say, but I have done nothing. Then you come back here after a season of doing that. Your hot girl villain era your arc of finding yourself, building that bag, these young women call it. No, old people, you must be scandalized. You must know, you in your comfortable retirement on the farm, you just relaxing and saying, these kids are out of hand these days. You don't know how out of hand, ma'am. They're out of hand and out of pocket. They're sleeping with animals. They're going where no man has gone before. They're breaking all the barriers. And then they will come back into normal society and marry your son. God says that the draw and the pull of this type of activity is the reason that this type of act, recorded and live, has exploded in the underground because it is like nothing else that has ever been done before. So this goes beyond two and two, four and four. It goes beyond the mass orgies. No, because all those things involve people. Now they've broken that barrier, that final frontier to going with animals. 
I was feeling very sick at this time. By the time I reached this point of hearing the prophecy and recording it, I was literally nauseous and the Lord's voice became, as my voice has now become less angry, his voice became less mad. And he said, for my love for you, I will not show you what they do with camels and with pigs and with donkeys and with horses and other animals. For my love for you, it is enough. This prophecy will be limited to dogs alone. Continue with my words. And then God then said that if anyone does this, for I saw males and females willingly with these dogs, God says, if you do this, you will be cut off eternally from his rest and you will receive the same judgment as the fallen angels who transgressed the rim, who went beyond the boundary, who crossed the living law of God that kind should never mate with kind. If you want to marry someone black, that's fine. You want to marry someone white, okay. You want to marry an Asian, well and good. But when you cross to animals, you have smashed through the outer limits you have crossed the forbidden boundary and the God says you will be judged the same. Yah says that you will be judged the same as any fallen angel. So there will be many standing in that line with the fallen. The fallen angels are alive and well out there, but God says that they are already dead. Likewise, whoever does this star in porn films and the other worst things that I have been forced to speak you will be judged just like the fallen. And then I began to see that women go to the animal shelters and they prefer to buy the big dogs and they're buying them for companions. I did say that the day was coming. I was going to talk about this. I've been saying it since 2022. I have a prophecy where I saw that these women walking around with the large Rhodesian Ridgebacks aren't buying the dogs because of dogs. And God says, they're walking around telling actual lies, talking about, it's a rescue animal. That's their sexual partner. God says, you also that do this, you are alive, but you are dead. You're walking around still, but the judgment of death is already upon you. I hope you're listening to what the Lord is saying because I don't want a single person to trouble my soul by asking me if there's repentance for this person. If you want to know if there's repentance for these people that I have clearly detailed what God has said, you better hold that tight in your little heart and pray it out and see what he will answer you. Because if you're a person who can actually hear God, I look forward to hearing what type of answer he will give you, but you should not trouble my soul. Because there's some of you, your ears are soldered to your head, folded flat and then burned with a welding iron so that nothing I say goes in. Because your heart is like rubber. Every word just goes katoing, 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 ricochet back out. But why? Because God is loving. Why won't God want the bestiality boys back? The Lord is merciful and he is loving, but he is not a trash compactor. There is such a thing as too much. And all of the Bible shows it. So you see God cutting off entire civilizations. The beginning of the Bible starts off with just a few chapters and all of a sudden everyone is dead. 
So God has introduced himself to us as someone who will not take everything. But this modern generation, due to the hits, reckless love, the God who chases and kicks down the doors, leaves the 99 to find the one. He is the trash compactor who should receive, accept, and forgive even this trash. Don't ask me anything. If it's confusing, rewind and listen again. There is a thing called the seared conscience. There is a thing called the reprobate mind. Jesus said, do not tempt the Lord your God. But this generation tempts the Lord daily by saying that nothing is so bad that you can't come back from it. And that's because you two are dead. You are dead in your heart. That's, what you, that's why you think that no sin is so bad that it can't be forgiven. God doesn't portray himself that way, but you think he should be that way because secretly you also want to make room for the evil that is nesting in you. The mind that thinks that nothing is off limits and why shouldn't it be forgiven and we're his children after him, after all. And he's a loving God. Why wouldn't he? Well, he wouldn't. He wouldn't and he will not. The angels will have a lot of company. So go and research the verse that says, hell from beneath enlarges her mouth. She's widening the space down there because the era is coming where we will see all the big dog girlfriends. That's who hell is preparing for. She's expecting guests and it won't only be Azazel and friends. The Lord showed me what some of the destructions of those who do this will look like. And I'm going to speak of this only briefly. I desire to come to the end of this. I saw that some type of spirit entered into the animals that they had brought into their lives and offered themselves to those who were doing this willingly. I'm not speaking of the people in captivity. I'm speaking of those who do this for money and those who are so interested in this that they actually go and purchase a partner and bring it into the home and call it their pet. I saw that some kind of demon spirit, a very savage spirit, entered the animals and the only thing I could discuss it as, the only thing I can describe it was lawlessness. That was the name I gave it. It was lawlessness. I can't describe it as any other way, but lawless being, lawless form. And all you have to do is to skip a few parts back to this prophecy and you will hear the Lord saying over and over again, there's a reason I explained it so well and so long. The Lord says, whoever goes outside the boundary, the rim of the law, what will happen to you? You are dead though you live, you will perish. It is lawlessness to cross the boundary set for you. A lawless form, a savage being entered the animals and the animals began to keep police and coerce their owners. That's right. You couldn't go outside. Your dog will keep you in the house. You will be the dog and the dog will be you, the boss. Male and female, they were not allowed to go outside. If they wanted to do anything, the dog would corner them and keep them in the house like property. And what I saw is that when these dogs were entered in, by the savage being, the human being had no choice but to kneel down and allow the animal to brutalize them. The dog would literally corner you in a corner, corner that person and growl and salivate and be so cujo 
that eventually terrified and shaking you that thought it was funny when you started it became not funny towards the end you were forced to kneel down for that animal to dominate you or it was going to kill you they began to demand that the human that the human being be their partner so it was no longer at the will of the person. It was now at the will of the dog. Remember that the Lord said that for his love for me, he would not show me what other animals. He would only keep this prophecy to dogs. And I thank him for his strength to carry it through. There was a demon in the dog that was now the gatekeeper of the people. And the human being was no longer an owner, but the dog was now their owner. I saw end times animals will become savage in numerous ways. Even animals that are being kept in the home that have nothing to do with this type of fornication, this sexual immorality, they became savage in their homes. And I've been wanting to warn many of you actually, you that likes to leave your baby for the sake of Instagram videos, and you've got some 19 million pound dog going, isn't he gentle? Those dogs will bite your child in ways that will just lead to, we're gathered here today to mourn the loss of. You that put your face in the face of these Dobermans, especially you are not a Christian. So there's not even two sprinkles of the Holy Spirit at your window, your door, your home, your threshold, your house is just wild, wide open. Demon car wash, demon central. I don't like to go ahead of the Holy Spirit, but now it's time to tell you. A dog can chomp a baby in two bites. A dog is a powerful animal. A dog is faster than you. You're not faster with your gun than that dog is with the jugular. Be careful. Even non-sexual animals will become very violent. And I tell you now, keep your eye on the news reports. You will hear many of these. He was such a gentle animal, but he tore my baby to pieces. You will hear these news reports greatly increases, increasing dogs mauling their own owners as we go further and further into this era of darkness that is coming. And why is that? Because demons will be entering the dogs. You question demons and animals, you need to go back to the Bible and think about how legion went into the pigs. They will use any form because they don't, they don't want to go to the dry places. Anybody will be okay for them. So to those who are breaking the Lord's law, for money you want to show off on social media and behind it you are with some guy who's older than your father but then you need those bags and those shoes you need to be photographed in foreign destinations so everyone can know that you've made it at 23 even though those of us with sense knows that you don't have any pennies at 23 because 23 is when we just start off life you haven't earned your way onto those first class fights, flights. I'm here exposing how you got on those planes. I'm letting the entire TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, 
universal world community know. Those girls are doing what you would never do, even if a gun was put to your head. They are bought and paid for sex slaves. Stop desiring them, young men. They won't even give you herpes. They will give you doggies. Stay away from them. They're defiled goods. If this was the Old Testament and you held them up under a radiation lamp, they are radioactive. The judgment, the fury of God is upon them. Don't make that thing your wife. Go with the girl that's at your high school or your college. Same for the men. The young men are as great prostitutes as the women. They sell themselves to females for a leg up. They sell themselves to males for a leg up. Some young men are selling themselves out there for a Birkin bag. It's leather. It's dead cow. Where is your priority and where are your brains? The wrath of God is abiding upon many. And then the rest of the many are in darkness and ignorance, thinking that they are in the light when they are in the darkness, having no idea of the evils. You sit here and you wonder, how can God say that he will burn America until the soil becomes glass? Isn't it because of what the American girls and boys are doing? Isn't it because it's the moms? Your husband is at work and you have a whole side hustle as a prostitute on some kind of online streaming platform, a mother of children. The morality of this country was flushed long ago. There's not even the mist of morality left. You listen and you wonder, why is God furious? This is where the fury is coming from. And the fury is upon us also because we will listen and deny. We will listen and we will say celestial is just saying horrible graphic things to defile me and my white robe without a thought that celestial also has a white robe that she cares about. But God is not interested in the robing. He is interested in the truth. He is less moved by my desire to abide in peace I could die and never know about any of these things and be quite happy, but I do know, and we will all know together. The sex trade is alive and well in the Arab nations, man to man, man to beast, man to boy. And the children of the world are putting themselves on the auction blocks, not as slaves under duress, but as slaves for money for a record deal, for a movie deal. Their souls are churned up, cut up. Reprobates. And this is who the society is looking up to. How do I get on this? How do I go to Dubai? You're DMing them and they are literal brothel madams. Your best friend is about to take you to Dubai to get sodomized and she says she's your friend. She's about to fly you to a place where you are isolated, where your father can't help you. And by the time you come back, it's all PTSD and trauma. I need therapy, I'm broken, but we know why. Greed took you to where you shouldn't be. Once you cross the line to Satan, 
Once you cross this boundary of thou shalt not, you are fully playing on the devil's baseball diamond. Don't cry when you go there and then you find that he's hitting those fastballs directly into the plate of your skull to crack it and put you into the ground early. Don't cry. Because you heard the word of the Lord. You mocked, you scoffed, you said it's not true, and you continued past the rim. And then you found out that our outer darkness is real, that it's true, that it does exist. This is the world behind the mask. These topics were all given to me in one revelation. This is one connected flow of truth from the God that people think is too holy and proper to care about the raw filth that is defiling his earth, but he does care. The Lord will not continue to sit in dead churches while people indulge in their personal fantasies and call it revelation. The Lord will go into the underworld and the strip clubs. He's not going to leave that territory to the devil. No one is too holy to hear the truth. And if anyone thinks that God is being too graphic, you are living in falsehood because God always pulls back the curtain to reveal the real. This is one connected revelation of the Lord to my soul that I have been writing since the sun came up today. It is all from him. If you read or hear and receive any part of it, then you must receive it all. If you read and you reject some part of it, then you must reject it all. For he has spoken of angels, mankind, the fall, how angel DNA runs in the human population to this day, the flat earth, the world which has a rim and a dome that cannot be broken, homosexuality in the Middle, in the middle East, bestiality, and the coming rulership of dogs over people. The last part is this, escorts do this act. I've already spoken of this just generally without even knowing that I was coming to it. Escorts, this is women for hire, men for hire. They, uh, they do this act and they accept huge sums of money to do things on camera that no right-minded man or woman could ever do. Escorts perform these acts as entertainment for people who can afford it. So they go to these elite parties and this thing is going to be recorded live and they will get into the middle of a circle. So the entertainment at the party is not perhaps a belly dancer from some exotic country. No, it's a person who has accepted to do this act in front of rich people live. And God says that's because the rich people are so bored and their consciences have basically rotted away. These people, a lot of them, they are absolutely rotten. They have done so many unimaginable things, sacrificed children, abused children, eaten human flesh, drunk human blood, sacrificed the goat, poured it into a bowl, washed themselves with it, laughed, filmed it. There's so much under their belt that now they are inured to evil. To become inured to evil means that you've done one, you might as well do it all. There's no road back for such people. There's only hellfire. 
It's not about whether God can restore. It's that he will not restore that thing. And so he says an audience that is bored out of their mind with all normal forms of entertainment that their money can buy. And so they begin to solicit unthinkable things because they want, please listen. There is a group of rich people that actually wants to have the party with the most risque entertainment. They're trying to outdo each other. They're trying for people to say, oh no, Peter's party was crazy. And then someone hears it and say, I'm going to top that. I'm having the party next month. And then people come and find something 10 times worse than what Peter did. And everyone is like, oh my, unforgettable entertainment. That's what's happening. That's where your children are going. Because the taste for what these children want, the taste for what these men and women want, their parents can't afford it. An ordinary boyfriend, an ordinary wife, an ordinary husband can't afford what they want. They do it for a live audience that's bored out of their mind. God says, unnaturally rich and bored people. And I saw black women doing this. Very young girls. And I also saw older women doing this who know better. I saw very voluptuous women doing this for direct cash payment in the hand. I saw South American women doing this. I saw white women doing this. I saw more than a few men doing this. White women buy these dogs as pets and they have relations with them when nobody's forcing them. I'm reading directly from my notes. If you want to know who God was showing me having big pet dogs for this purpose, it's not every woman, but there's definitely a bunch of the sisters hiding in the midst. If you want to know who God was showing me having these big, big pet dogs for this purpose, it's white ladies. And if you want to know who the men are that have these dogs, it was the gay men, the trans men. I said that if you've seen this, even as a dream or a vision, you will not want to eat food. You will want to sit by yourself for a long time with nobody bothering you because you're going to need that personal time off to ask yourself how this world became this way and you never noticed. And so I said that people should not trouble me Leave me alone as I'm doing the Lord's work. Read or listen to these prophecies because this one has never been published. Do what you want with what you hear. But for me, I am standing as a living witness, not having seen it in real life, but having seen by the revelations of God that this is the truth. So if I can prophesy about Russia in peace and you believe, then God can also show and tell me what people have done that is kept on this place called the dark web. Now, I personally am never going to the dark web to verify anything because what I have seen is enough. That is the prophecy, the captains of enterprise you have heard the whole of it, finally discharged after more than a year of keeping it. This prophecy is from early September 2022.
This is the full revelation of what is going on in the world today. I am Celestial, and this is the Master's Voice Prophecy blog. The blog can be found at www.the-masters-voice.com. That resource has been there since May 2019, and I will update it as time allows, but you're welcome to watch the videos. It is necessary to hear the truth, to understand that you dwell in the midst of deceit, to understand that there is no peace between God and the evildoer, and that many of you should repent for trying to be the poor man's lawyer for sin. That's all for today. And until I see you again, goodbye.